The marriage relationship is one that always starts from a place of love and affection, but oftentimes can degrade into a strained arrangement that is more everyone for themselves than a love and serve each other type of a thing. So how do we get back to a place of loving and serving? More importantly, how do we stay there? Do you want to experience more intimacy in your marriage through time in God's word and praying together, but find yourself spending more time scrolling and binging TV? Do you desire to lead your children to know, love, and serve the Lord, but don't even know where to begin? Do you want to incorporate more Jesus into everyday family life, but don't seem to have enough time nor bandwidth for it after all of your adulting? Hi, we are Robbie and Sasha Robertson, and we are so excited that you're here with us on the Faithful Family Fortress podcast. We know the distance between your desires and current lifestyle seems impossible to overcome, but you're not alone. As first-generation believers, we are on a journey to discover what it means and looks like to do life with Jesus. It was a struggle to put down the habits our fellow millennials and culture have been so comfortable with and instead seek to live a more fruitful life. We're here to help build Christ-centered, faithful families by bringing mindfulness into your marriage, purpose into your parenting, and humility into the shared responsibility of homemaking. So fire up that pot of coffee, share an earbud with your spouse, and let's get busy with today's episode here on the Faithful Family Fortress Podcast. So this is a few years ago, but they were preaching from Romans, and it was like a verse per week kind of a sermon. So one week was Romans 12.9, and the next was 12.10, and they were both really good sermons. Looking back, I remember the feeling I had was that we were slipping into selfishness. My focus uh, was really kind of towards my hobbies. I was, I was spending a lot of time messing with my car. I was going out with my buddies, um, doing like house projects that were kind of frivolous, you know? And I remember that you were really battling depression. Like, Sasha was battling uh, depression in, in a way that I wasn't even paying attention to. And it was, like, way deeper than I could have ever, ever guessed. And both of us were really clinging to our coping mechanisms. I remember I was, like, drinking every night. And we were kind of hanging out. And we would watch a lot of TV. And we just didn't really talk that much. And from that, like, a lot of the fights that we had, they really sparked from a place of starvation for love and affection. Like, I remember feeling that way, and I remember getting that impression off of you. And then we went to these, you know, listened to these sermons, and then we just had this, like, aha moment, and it began to shift. And just to give you guys the direct background, Romans 12, 9, and 10 says, Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. I feel like those are a few very direct snippets that you could just take and digest each one of them on its own. But thinking back to that time when you were saying about, you know, the fights that we had were from this place of, I would almost say, um, we were fighting for scraps of love. Yeah. That's really what it was. That's a really good way to do it. Neither, neither one of us was really in a place to like, give or go out of our way for each other because we felt like we weren't getting it from the other and we weren't 
from that place of like really getting it from God, we would, we were like go to church sometimes on Sundays kind of people, but I don't think we read our Bibles at home regularly, like anything like that. We weren't really plugging into Bible study. It was just like you go to church and you get fed once a week and listen to worship music on your commute maybe sometimes. Yeah, (laughs) it felt like two empty cups and we're trying to like fill ourselves with the other one and weren't getting anywhere. Right. So what is this kind of example of this place in our marriage lead into and what we learned from this in Romans and how that changed our lives? And I think number one is a mindset shift. And the the big part of this mindset shift really comes from um, a marriage study that I did with some friends, but you were listening in on one I day was. too. Um, and it was a marriage study by Paul Tripp called What Did You Expect, which is a great study. I really loved it, very convicting. But I remember that day you were listening in on, and it was this idea that I am the, biggest, the biggest problem, problem in, in my, my marriage. marriage. Yep. <laughs> and, and we've quoted that i can't even tell you how many times countless yeah since listening to that um just one part of that but it's really about the mindset shift and i think philippians 2 3 is a really good example of this it says do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit but in humility count yourselves or count others as more significant than yourselves. And um, I think that's really a point of like where we were in our marriage and our relationship was that we were doing everything from selfish ambition. And there was no humility as counting others more significant than ourselves because we were the ones like putting ourselves in a position of taking care of and protecting and, you know, ourselves and fighting for those scraps of love, kind of like I was saying. And then Galatians 5.13 says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, not or only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. And this one was just such a great reminder for us when we came across this because again, it goes back to that place that we we were not there. And then the third one that I want to bring up is is really about your words and your language. And, and I'll be the first to admit, I am the worst at this. I can get defensive and like the Lord has grown me massively since this time, you know, that we're talking about and, and so much in recent years. But um, James one nineteen says, be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to anger. And I kind of probably need this tattooed like on my wrist so I can see it all the time because it's probably one of my weakest points. But, um, just making sure that, that especially in those moments where, where things can get heated or you can feel that loneliness stir up, or you feel like you're needing to, to fight for those scraps of love that, James 119, we can choose words and language and, and actions and, and choose not to get angry. It is a choice for certain how we feel. Absolutely. And then the next piece to this, I think, is more of a behavior shift. So just like kind of as a real world example, a few years ago, I had a race car. I like to think that I'm between race cars right now, but really <laughs> I sold my last one so we could adopt our son, but that's kind of relevant. What is relevant is this race car was getting together for a race weekend and I had just gotten everything dialed in, pulled it out of the, the garage and all of a sudden I had white smoke billowing from the exhaust. The head gasket had blown. And I was like, well, rats. I was the organizer for the weekend. And I was like, well, I'm committed to this. 
and we didn't have a lot of money at that point. We were kind of strapped. It was just one of those seasons where we didn't have just a bunch of extra cash laying around. And I remember going Did to we you. ever? <laughs> like, just sorry. Side note. We anyway. had, yeah, yeah. Well, well, we didn't have rampant inflation at that point. Different episode. <laughs> what we did have was a credit card and no conceivable way to pay it off at that exact moment. So I guess I was building that castle without first counting the cost. But we can go there later. Anyways, I remember going to you and being like, I need to buy these parts and do this work on this car. And you were like livid with me. But I was like committed at this point to this selfish act of getting this thing together. In retrospect, I didn't necessarily need to. So the behavior shift for me, as I reflected a lot on this, came in the form of John 13, 14, and 15. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. So I did. I really got a towel and a bowl of water, and I washed Sasha's feet. And while that sounds kind of cringeworthy, it really was. Um, I kind of I will admit that now. But the key here is the application. I don't know that I would wash my wife's feet again. Um, well, I mean, I would. Okay. Oh boy, this is going to be a great cut. Okay, so like I would totally wash your feet again, but like from a place of love, not cringe. I feel like this was Why kind of was cringy. Why was it cringe? Um. I don't know. It just seemed like I was trying something new and I was doing it and it like I, I was doing it for the right reasons, but as I'm doing, I'm like, this is kind of and then, awkward. Yeah. Like awkward <laughs> like this conversation. Yeah. Awkward <laughs> chicken. And I was losing. <laughs> no, I remember that. And I remember like, okay, so even you talking about this, I'm kind of like feeling this sensation inside of me <laughs> like i just feel this ickiness because the cringe yeah i remember it wasn't about you like being cringeworthy or anything it was like i am a person and so i don't know if this is going to be relatable to any of you probably because we're human but when i am in that state of like being angry or you know just being upset like i just kind of want to be sometimes and and sometimes you come to me with these gestures like this. Um, that's the only time you've ever come to me and washed my feet. But it's just like, I just felt so icky because then my ickiness of like my wanting to be angry or whatever felt extra wrong. Oh, I guess it sort of had the desired effect, but not what I was going for. <laughs> Anyways, the the takeaway here, everybody, is Question how you are going to react and respond when you're presented with the same scenario. When you get caught with your hand in the cookie jar, you step on your own foot or somebody's foot that you really appreciate in life. What are you going to do? And maybe even ask yourself, okay, I've done X in the past and really didn't have the desired result. Why would you repeat that? Try something different. Yeah, and I'm really big on mindset, and I think a big reason for it is because it's when you shift your mind, when you have these mindset shifts, that's where you, these behavior shifts come from. Oh, yeah. And it's so funny because Robbie actually mapped out this episode for us. We try to do a little bit of prep here in some of these, maybe some more than others, but um, I love that he talked about mindset, and then it kind of went into like your emotions, and then comes into the behavioral aspect. And if, if you don't know about mindset, when we have these thoughts, they 
produce feelings that our behaviors then stem from. And so I just think it's really fun that we're, we're talking about this all together. And the next point really is forward thinking. And um, it's having an intentional attitude towards being better and beating the enemy. Because if you didn't already listen to episode one, was it not episode two? Mindful marriage. We should probably know our own episodes, especially if we're still in the single digits. Yeah, I said we need to make a catalog, but... (laughs) You were right. Anyway, (laughs) Um, I think it's technically episode two is the other mindful marriage, the MM episode, talking about the third person in the room. And so um, it's about recognizing and beating the enemy. Romans 12, 21 says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And this is so relevant for me in those situations, I think, because I can feel like I'm being overcome by evil, but instead taking the opportunity to overcome that evil with good. It's approaching every situation as an opportunity, as an opportunity to, like Robbie said, do better the next time, fail forward or um, every situation as an opportunity to learn more about yourself, more about your spouse, and make those intentional actions to outbless one another in love. And meet controversy with mercy and grace, which oh, I love that. Yeah, again, my weakest spiritual gift is mercy showing. Um, but <laughs> it's about finding those opportunities where you can learn and grow as a person through these situations and, and do your best. You're not going to be perfect, but every single day that you lean in, the Lord is faithful to show up and to be there with you through those moments. And that doesn't mean to, you know, give passes on accountability or, um, you know, just brush things under the rug when things truly aren't right, but to seek out grace and forgiveness and accepting when the other person is trying to make amends and bless you. But then in those moments, just like we talked about with the washing of the feet, welcome those blessings with grace. Oh, yeah. That's a big one to overcome. I do like that uh, it's not a competition, but it kind of is a competition. So I guess the way to kind of end this would say to be the best, but also only accept the best. And don't slip into the the pitfall of when you're giving somebody else grace. You give them grace. You don't give them license to take advantage of you and step on you. Mm. But also recognize like when you might be in that role because you're human and sometimes you just kind of err on that. Yeah. Well, before you go, we want to encourage you to leave a review and share this episode with a friend if it blessed you. It means so, so much to us. Absolutely. And remember, folks, it's not the years in your life. It's the life in your years.